1: Hello. We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories.
2: Through nuanced conversations and forward thinking
3: and not taking ourselves too seriously.
2: Everyone's story matters.
3: Every voice is important.
1: Life is polarizing, but not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray.
4: What's,
2: What's the SNL catchphrase? it we're in new york or live from new york it's, it's saturday, saturday night,
4: night. Saturday.
1: saturday night, good.
2: there it is yeah <laughs> that's when you said saturday night that's all i could hear in my head it's saturday night uh, live
1: do you
4: Pennsylvania
3: remember when snl used to be good uh, oh, back uh, when yeah. Tina
2: Fey and Amy Poehler were in charge. In, yes. I was going to say
1: back Adam when Chris Sandler. Farley and Adam Sandler was
5: on it. Yeah, there you Same go. Hey, I was going to say back when Eddie Murphy. Hey,
1: hey! Eddie Murphy. That's we were call. just talking about coming to America and how great it is. Have yeah. you seen that,
5: uh, Dr. Carl? Did you get to see yeah, it, Todd? Oh, I, I have, man. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to at some
3: it. point during the, today's conversation, get into it a little bit because uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great movie, a lot of fun. It's a good sequel. Um,
4: yeah,
3: yeah, but yeah, hello, it was hello everybody, hello listener, hello Chris, how are you? Hi, doing Hi. well, thanks. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Glad to be here. <laughs> Elizabeth, hello, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thanks, babe. Oh, welcome yes. to the show, babe. Hi, how are you? <laughs>
3: thank you. I feel so welcome. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Carlisle Todd, um, welcome, welcome.
5: Thank you, thank um, you. We'll get to
3: know you today, I'll give you a grand introduction here soon. Actually, my wife gets the honors of doing the
1: grand introduction. Um, trying to let the women speak more on this podcast, you see. Definitely. It's
2: Women Appreciation Month, isn't it? <laughs> that's His, that's, Women's yeah. History Month. <laughs> something, like
1: that. something like that. And
3: I'm really glad to hear you say that, Chris. I'm really proud of you. It's a, that's strides, for sure. Um, something I do want to do before we get started is a little housekeeping keeping house cleaning, uh, which I'll, I'll, since it's did women's appreciation, uh, did yeah, we fuck but, up
1: on the last podcast? I
3: fucked up on the last podcast as I was editing this last week. Um, one of the things I said as, uh, it was the episode of the round table FDG round table canceled, which might be canceled after some of the things that I said, but no, um, <laughs> I had mentioned, uh, growing up playing a game in football, um, that we called smear the queer, um, and I just wanted to, and, but I didn't give any reference to what the game is. And so if you're uh, much, triggered. much younger, much younger than I am, um, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. And it has nothing to do with anything. LGBTQ what, whatsoever queer is actually, you know, being the odd man out. And it was all about, you have one football and a whole group of kids, you throw the ball up in the air. One of the kids that gets the ball he's the queer or the, the odd one. And then everybody else is trying to tackle that kid and he's trying to run to the end zone. And if that, if that one kid can make it, then he wins. But if he gets tackled, then he has to throw the ball up in the air and then somebody else catches it and tries to do the same thing. And it's basically just a bunch of kids just tackling each other. I mean, so it it sounds a little homoerotic to begin with, but I mean, (laughs) there, there is nothing at all. like. Is that why the kids
1: always called me queer in high school?
3: uh i don't I don't think <laughs> they meant the same thing chris that, that's, oh, that's so that that, oh, might have, that might have been something else um but no so that's not
2: andy bernard
3: that that's that's the one thing and then um a public apology to my wife Elizabeth, for uh my tone as i was Elizabeth. coming what c- about coming coming at uh, who fuck you, Chris. About you? yeah uh, uh i uh i did mention how i was not coming at you necessarily but um just kind of triggered by the whole cancel culture thing and um kept repeatedly saying dr seuss was canceled and i'm like who the fuck is canceling you i mean I, um, omar is but- like really really into dr seuss he was pissed <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I I was just more still confused this week because now it's like no, everyone's mad about
4: Doctor Seuss.
3: Now it's Pepe <laughs> lepew Pew and everyone's talking about that, but we're we're not gonna get into all that all that. that I just good. wanted to to say that uh the That's energy good. that you're feeling has nothing to do with our marriage. It had it was more <laughs> directed towards that <laughs> whole idea of cancel culture thing that I was just like what's the source who's saying that um.
1: <laughs> that's what any good journalist will do right todd
4: uh, exactly they want to know what the source is
1: exactly and i
2: couldn't i couldn't specify so i got in trouble <laughs> with
1: they right it's always they <laughs>
2: I said they. I said they, and that's not acceptable for us. At source. least you were using they the correct
1: pronoun. <laughs> yeah, so they literally did use the correct pronoun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, it, was, it was a it was a little queer, but um. Oh, so, uh,
1: oh,
4: we have literally our,
3: our guest here uh, today, uh, Todd Dr. Carlisle um, was a journalist for eleven years. And in honor of his journalistic skills, I figured we might bring ours to the table with a little <laughs> yours throwback, to the
2: table. Don't throw my with, name in with, this. With a little
3: <laughs> throwback that you guys might know as the news for motherfucking noobs.
0: Yeah. I hear you get your news from CNN All these other
1: fuckers watching Fox News again <laughs> don't
0: they know that that shit is
1: whack? Hell yeah, and it is some white and black G fan, family found another way Some noobs, motherfucker, <laughs> I'm <laughs> fake too great What, what, what? Andy, we miss you. I miss, I miss you,
4: Andy. Andy.
1: I miss you,
3: buddy. All right. God, you those guys, are the days. <laughs> you guys ready for a little news?
1: Let's hear some Maybe. news. What's all going right. on in the Maybe. news? This, this, is some, this
3: is some good news. This is some happy news. You know, it's it's been a hard year on all of us. And so I think we just need a little hope. And this this story is going to bring you hope. And um, this is cat news. Oh, and, um, I'm out. So um, <laughs> hmm. we have a new kitten in our family. Elizabeth She's picked it up hood. today. It doesn't even have a name yet. Um, it might. So whenever we take it to the vet, I think it would be day. a good idea to get uh, it chipped. Because uh, after you hear this story, all of our listeners or our listener, I'm sorry. Like the COVID um,
1: vaccine chip? <laughs> uh,
3: is, is You get a chip when you get vaccine? Yeah, I thought it was you didn't a hear that? Hut. I thought it was just nanos.
0: All uh, right, keep I going. Gotta, keep I gotta going. get
3: into this. This is interesting. Can you? Can I just like swipe my arm
1: at grocery stores after I get the COVID vaccine? You can swipe your arm to get into hell with that <laughs> microchip.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's the mark of the beast. All right. So the story is from the Huff Post, um, AP Robert Fake News uh, Joplin. I was say so it, um, <laughs> the Los Angeles man reunites with cat who vanished 15 years ago. <laughs> that's the head what guys.
1: how does a cat yes. even live that long what?
3: okay this, that this cat is, doesn't this remember issue. that guy at all oh i mean you would think so but the stories that i saw her i picked her up and she started purr it was very emotional the cat's <laughs> owner told reporters so i this don't know i mean the same they're, cat. They're, <laughs> they're, okay well you would you would think so but apparently when he first got the cat he got it chipped and so whenever this cat showed up years 15 years on. later, some, someone's like scanning the chip and they find this guy. He had moved since then. And well, I'll actually read the story, but they get a hold of him. And Ooh, sure enough, not. it's the same cat. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, all right. So a cat went astray about 15 years ago, has been reunited, older, maybe a little wiser with its owner. <laughs> Brandy, a brown tabby, was reunited Monday afternoon with Charles, who adopted her as a two-month-old kitten back in 2005.
1: She's like, who the oh fuck my is gosh. this guy? It's amazing.
2: Don't interrupt me. He already has a hard time reading.
1: It's amazing. Amy think- is
2: strong with this one.
1: <laughs> keep,
3: keep, keep talking, baby. Keep, 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 keep saying how not to interrupt me. ready i'm about to i'm about to keep reading ready ready do do it right now and uh i'm done it's 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 amazing stop interrupting i i I think i think it's unbelievable he said thursday i saw her I, i picked her up and she started to purr and it was very emotional charles said it was nice to have her in my arms again i did break down and cry because i thought about all the years i lost from her he said Brandy was found Sunday in Palmdale, about 40 miles from where Charles lived in the San, Bernard, San Fernando Valley area of Los Angeles. Uh, the computer technician, who didn't want his name used, said Brandy strayed only a few months after he adopted her. Oh,
1: There's no way this cat remembered this guy. Aww, no way. Chris, why do you got to be such a hater? I'm just saying. Cats are dumb. Maybe they're not maybe not too
2: many lovers are dumb maybe
3: maybe the fact the cat doesn't remember the owner but it's still an amazing story because the cat was a stray let's just keep reading i mean it's still a a beautiful story whether or not the the owner remembers the cat does that Uh, of course he does does that
1: so you ever met a guy that doesn't remember a pussy
2: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) <laughs> a few gay men i know yes
3: <laughs> straight man charles. Sorry. so charles drove around looking for her uh, checked around animal shelters and put up signs without any luck uh, i was very scared he said I went, I went i wanted her back because when i adopted her i made a moral obligation to just take care of her for life Okay, Chris, hope you feel like shit by the time I'm done reading this line. <laughs> <laughs> he feared she had been killed by a car or even a coyote out there in L.A.
1: Oof, that's pretty common out there, yeah.
3: But, but I was hoping that someone um, would take care of her, take her off the streets. And I guess that's what happened. Uh, Charles went on with his life. I mean, after he, his search for his cat was unsuccessful. Um, imagine that he moved on. And he he moved to another place in the Valley where he adopted two younger cats. So he had two cats to replace the one. Um, Then on Sunday, he received a call from the Los Angeles County Animal Shelter in Palmdale and another from the company that made a microchip implanted in Brandy when she was adopted. See, guys, uh, chip your cats, chip your pets, chip your kids, chip yourself. (laughs) Illuminati. Uh, Charles has changed his address (laughs) and home and phone, but luckily... His cell phone number was the same as listed on the microchip. I was skeptical. I thought, must be a mistake, Charles said. Uh, Maybe there's a one in a million chance it's, it's Brandy. But after 15 years, it's highly unlikely. So he was skeptical like Chris. But still, I said, yeah, the microchip went in lie." So on Monday afternoon, he went to Palmdale to look at Brandy. She, she was older and very skinny, he said. <laughs> Brandy needed a little help. She was malnourished and weighed only six pounds, she basically weighed as much as she did when she was a kitten, Charles said. her nails had grown long enough to wound her paws. Uh, Charles, Charles suspects Oof. that some, oh, now, now you want to care about the cat.: well, That's oh, sad no, Too late. <laughs> You're too late. Chris Oh Chris, uh, Chris. Charles <laughs> suspects that someone <laughs> found Chuck, we'll call this guy Chuck. Chuck uh, suspects that someone found her as a kitten and kept her all those years without bothering to check whether she had a microchip. So if you have a stray cat get the thing, maybe someone's missing their cat, find the chip. Uh, he believes that she must have become separated or run away um, after several several months ago. But she was a uh, very calm, gentle, sweet cat. He remembered still the same cat that he remembered. Uh, Charles decided he uh, couldn't keep Brandy in his one-bedroom apartment. Oh, see, that's sad. I didn't read all and, the story. Oh, see. We're, we're, we're with the two, two younger cats. And put her
1: down. Why did he do that? What a terrible but story. Brandy, but Brandy is
3: staying with his sister nearby, and he intends to visit often. See, there's a happy ending.
1: Yeah, for she the last
3: ha- year of her life. she doesn't have 15-year-old of cat? She Come doesn't on. have lots of energy. Yeah,
2: of course
1: not. <laughs> but
3: she seems very content, Charles says. She purrs a lot. Seems to be happy to
5: have a home again.
1: That's not a purr. That's, that's a groan. Oh my gosh! I don't know.
5: That's story. That story sounds suspect. It's a single source story. I don't know. About that. <laughs> See what, what I'm saying? Thank, say. you. Thank you,
1: journalist. Thank you, Todd. What,
5: what did the cat say?
1: You know? what, yeah, we, 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 we need to
3: hear from from firsthand from the cat. Is the cat happy to be home, or did it run said... away? Did it run away for a reason? Exactly. It is now reunited with its torture and torment. Exactly. So the know.
1: cat was like, "Shit." Took, so we need to we need to reach out to the two new kids to
3: make
2: sure they're okay.
3: We do. We need <laughs> oh my gosh,
2: if, if anybody is in the
3: LA area, please make sure Chucky's not doing anything to his cats. I, I don't all think right. there's
2: anybody in the LA area.
3: Our <laughs> listener, that's not where they're from.
2: <laughs> we don't have any listener in LA. No. Uh we have a
3: few. All right. We had so,
2: one. She moved. Right,
3: it, Elizabeth, it is your <laughs> Oh talk. yes. Once you introduce right. our guest?
2: All right. Well, today we are. Blessed. A little more enthusiasm, please.
3: Right yeah, can, can, we can are you? We so you,
2: excited! Oh, uh, a
3: little bit, a little bit less, a little bit less. Can you come in like uh, a little bit more than the first time, but a little bit less than that? And I'm I need your excited
1: somewhere in between. To have.
3: Uh, oh no! I, I I'm going to need a lot more emotion in that. So <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> okay, and and go.
2: <laughs> this is my anxiety emotion. <laughs> We're so glad to have Anthony Todd carlisle aka Woo! Dr. Todd. Uh, Here on our show today, we're going to be talking about a book that he wrote. But first of all, so he worked for 11 years as a reporter with various news sources in Pittsburgh area, including the New Pittsburgh Courier, Daily News, Pittsburgh Business Times, Beaver County Times, and the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. As a reporter, he won several awards, including the Robert L. Vaughn Award for for a feature writing and investigative reporting. He is currently an associate professor in the Department of Cultural, Culture, Media, and Performance at the California University of Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, sorry. Um, <laughs> he is married, father of two two girls, and the author of the book, The Souls of Tallahatchie which is releasing May 4th. Clay Hatchie. Ah, I almost you had You're doing right. so good. I <laughs> mean, I always so... mess up
3: Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania all the time, too, but you're doing so good.
2: I got the title almost right. Did I get the release date right this time?
3: <laughs> May 4th. May 4th. That's right, yeah, May 4th okay. with you. right. Souls of Clay Hatchie. I'm excited. Author
2: of Souls of Clay Hatchie, releasing May 4th. There awesome. we go. Awesome.
1: awesome. Welcome. Welcome, Todd. Thank you. Thank
5: you. Good to be here.
1: So uh, just, a, I guess, like a quick little aside for the listeners. we This is actually our second time talking to, to Dr. Shh. Carlisle. We messed up the first one. <laughs> we did. Give away our secrets, Chris. We well, did. I figure we, we should be up. transparent we're since we're going to be talking about media and stuff. You know, they're not transparent, but we are. We okay. like to tell what really happened. <laughs> we
3: we can up. handle it. Yeah, it was, it was actually... I'm gonna actually going to take, gonna take responsibility of, of being uh, the fuck up on that one, too. So um, a lot of times we record the guest Zoom and we didn't realize that the zoom was not recording until i we went to go edit it so but I had such a fun time getting to know you last time todd that like um i had no problem other than being embarrassed to reach out to you be like hey we have to redo this but i'm really glad you said yes because um um you know now that we already have a little bit of uh what's the word um
2: rapport
3: rapport that's the word i was looking for uh, now that we have some rapport i think it's going to be even more fun so welcome
5: oh thank you i'm looking forward to it i enjoyed the first time so i get to come back man all right <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah last time we didn't go live either so this will be uh, mm-hmm. an extra little treat for our listeners as well but um i you know we always like to start out with our guest story uh kind of get a little bit of background about you so um who is this mysterious todd carlisle
5: wow okay um That's such so a weighted from, question yeah No. know <laughs> who, I, hell i don't know who i who i am i'm still trying to figure it <laughs> out and, and it well, changes we- it, it changes often according to my wife so we'll see but uh <laughs> right <Todd> Car- <laughs> yeah you know well, yeah, i'm from, from ambridge uh from a small mill town uh, i was raised by uh, my grandparents Um, My grandfather, my grandparents were from the South. Um, They migrated here uh, in the 50s. Um, My my mother had issues with um, drugs and alcohol. And um, my father was was an absentee father for the most part. I mean, I knew him. Um, I had a sort of relationship with him, but again, he didn't didn't raise me. Um, So I was raised by my grandparents. A lot of uncles and aunts. Um, What else? Um, I had a good counselor, you know, uh, I, I think I, I told the story before that, that, um, I was planning on going into the army immediately after, um, high school, because my father, again, was doing the time in the, in the eighties, steel mills were closed in the Pittsburgh and, um, and a lot of people were getting laid off. And I remember my grandfather saying, Hey, I'm not going to pay for your college. I mean, at, at that point it was in the summer before my senior year of, of high school and i'm thinking i know <laughs> i know you're, you're not working so i did i didn't expect that and so i think my, a lot of us were planning to go in the military a lot of my friends did and um and i was actually planning to go straight into the military and i happened to have a pretty good counselor who uh maybe within the first two weeks of school um called me into our office Joanne brogham She said, hey, you got pretty good grades. Have you ever thought about going to college? I said, well, yeah, you know, but I think we'll go to the military first and then go later, and here's why. She said, don't sign anything. Thank goodness, I didn't sign anything. And um, she just had me come back. She talked to me, and she pressed me to take the SATs and and other things. And, um, you know, I was interested in journalism. Um, There was a Pittsburgh Black Media Federation workshop that was um, um, offered by professional black journalists, professionals in the Pittsburgh area. And she, she had me sign up for that. You know, I mean, she was really pushy, but, but I love the woman. <laughs> and um, I did that. And uh, it just kind of helped get my career started. So uh I just, I got, you know, I'm fortunate. I was selfless. I'm just, I'm a lucky guy. I got the right people that came in my life at the right time. And, you know, things happen.
3: Definitely. Know. And uh big ups to the counselor that came in. And you're like, what was her name again? Joanne Brogna, the late Joanne Joanne. Brogno yes that um that's awesome but I, i'm let me ask you a question or two you said you were raised by your grandparents um were you an only child
5: i was my uh, my mother's only child not my father's only child uh, my father had um, an old i have an older brother um, i have a younger brother and i have a younger sister that's almost exactly by,
2: like you, Omar.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And being raised by your grandparents though, were you around your
5: siblings growing up? No. Um okay. it's it's kind of wild because I had well my brother, my 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 father, he ended up marrying my youngest brother and daughter. Um they're they have the same mother and father, and, and they live in Michigan. Um so I was, you know, I would see them when he came into town. I didn't know I had a, I didn't know I had an older brother. So maybe my junior year of high school, which is kind of wild, and um, I happened—I happened to be over my grandmother's house, my my father's mother, and I saw a picture. It was a graduation picture. <laughs> like, uh, who is that? Well, it was, it was my brother. He had sent my grandmother uh, a photo. All right, so he—you know—they knew of him. Uh, he lived like across the river, you know, three wow. miles from us, and and it was so I saw his picture and. Maybe sometime that summer, I was, it was like a club, an under twenty-one club, and um, I, I saw a guy that looked like him, and I went up to him. I said, "Is your name such and such?" And, and he looked at me, and I, and, I, and I said, "I'm Todd Carlisle." He just stood up and hugged me. Oh, stood up and hugged me. That was you know, um and that's my man. And, you know, he's a really good guy. But that's how I met my oldest brother. That and
3: way. how how old were you when you met him?
5: I was I was seventeen. Wow, that's... He was 18. He was on his way to go to the Navy. Wow. Uh-huh. That's really
3: cool. Um, Elizabeth mentioned I was raised by my grandparents as well. More of my grandmother. My mom was in the picture, though, but she had me when she was young, and she would even say that she didn't play up much of a part in raising me. She was just around, um, much like I am with my kids, I guess. But
2: uh, <laughs> You're more around than your mom was. Yeah. Love you Colleen.
3: (laughs) But anyway, um, I didn't meet, I have um, an older brother and an older sister and a couple younger brothers who I didn't meet until I was about the same age. I'm actually older. I was in my twenties when, when I, when I met them and um, we have a good relationship now, but that's, that is interesting. Um, And uh, but I'm glad that you had the counselor to kind of push you away from the military but knowing a little bit of your story it's funny that you still ended up back in the military um after going to school um, well
5: you know i'm stubborn and hard-headed so I <laughs> get a notion, you know it's, it's going to happen uh and i, I guess uh I'm somewhat impossible as well or or i didn't want to come home for the summer with my when I, uh <laughs> at my, my my house i think the summer before uh, my dad and I, and my grandfather, we butted heads. It was I had lived on my own, just used to doing what I wanted to do, and and uh, they were pretty overprotective and, and all that, and they were trying to put a curfew, and we just, I don't know, we but I remember I came home late one, past curfew. I opened it, I put my key in. Uh, he opened the door for me. He grabbed my key, closed the door, and that was that, you know? <laughs> oof, so I was oof. thinking, I don't know if I want to spend another summer like this, and so I ended up my last, the last day. now this is crazy. The last day of my sophomore year of college, I went into an ROTC building to ask them about about the military. Just oh, maybe somebody in there could talk to me about the military. And um, this guy, he's Captain Rico. He said, "Come on in, uh, Captain I Rico." about join our arm- Captain Rico. He said, "I'm thinking about about the military. I'm thinking about listening to the army." He said, "Come on in, my man. I got something better for you." <laughs> So by the time I left, I had a duffel bag and I had a ticket and, and reservations for Fort Knox, Kentucky in about a month. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> so what show. branch did
3: you end up yeah.
5: enlisting in then? I, I was in the Army. I was a quartermaster.
2: So how did I did you go public from... affairs,
5: too, as a military journalist.
2: Okay, OK, so that that's what that was part of my question was, how did you go from being in the Army to being a reporter for various publications in Pittsburgh?
5: Well, I was lucky I never wanted to be full time. So so my career as a as a as a military guy was always part-time as a reservist. So I got to do both. Um and so it was it was kind of cool because that you know I was I was doing journalism and then I was doing um uh, public relations. It was journalism, but for the military it was really public relations. And if you know anything about journalists and PR, we don't like each other. So it was, it, was, it was kind of messing me up, like kind of doing PR for, for the military. But, you know, it is
3: what it is. <laughs> right, because PR is all about the spin. But uh, anymore, it's about the spin, like, you know. And... Yeah, most most public or popular journalism, though, is all about the spin. So I don't know. It's, it's any more journalism is PR, like Fox News or CNN, at least. I'll
5: agree with Fox News. Uh, <laughs> MSNBC yeah I'll, oh come I'll, on say this. oh come See on Cuomo there. they were
1: like kissing his ass and now of course they're like not even talking about him
5: well you know that here's the thing about that I, I'm thinking why even play with have a brother interview another brother I just it just does not if something happens and I was thinking something goes south um uh, what are you going to do then and and so yeah I was I was like no 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 I just I didn't like it and here, here we go. Here we are. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with you uh, about that on CNN. I, I really, honestly find that that CNN to me is just as spin, if not even more spinny, sometimes than Fox. I think they're both pretty awful uh, news. As someone who's a former journalist, um, can you speak to that? I have can a you- bias. That's well, for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, a, can, can you speak to to why CNN might be a you know a better a uh, new source than Fox. He, said I mean, Fox.
2: he said Fox.
1: Well, he was saying well, that Fox uh, was worse than CNN is all I'm saying. Oh. I like, I. think I've, To oh, me, it oh, seems oh, like Fox they're is,
5: equal. Is, is, uh, I wouldn't put them in the same camp at all. And, and, and I think at least uh, and, uh, we have to be careful because we have folks who are on TV that are not necessarily the journalists. They're, that's not necessarily their roles. Um, and so we have to be careful how we see see them. And so some of those folks on there are straight journalists, and then some are um, TV personalities. Yeah, uh, I, I would like, say. Like, and like you know, again, I, I, I don't honestly, I don't, spend, I don't spend I don't spend a whole lot of time watching CNN. Um, but historically, it, it it was at least a news outlet. I mean, it was it was formed in that way. Whereas whereas Fox, you know, whereas Fox. <laughs> His, his role was to really perpetuate whatever the right side. Uh, and yeah, it's getting worse. Yeah. I, uh, right, right. And, and I Bill think it's, it's gotten worse um, mm. uh, over the years. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's just my take. Now, you know, MS, you know, I, I watch MSNBC, and at times I'm throwing stuff on things at the, at the, at the TV as well. Like, come on, we, we need to be a little more objective. Yeah. Uh, we need to kind of stay out of the story. But, you know, I'm a prank. I'm an old prank guy. He's a TV um, you know, prima donna, so it's a little bit different.
2: <laughs> I love how you're talking about mm-hmm. the news like this. It reminds me of uh, my dad is a doctor, and he cannot stand watching doctor shows because he's like, oh, why would they do that? I can't believe they're, oh, that's fantastical. Why would they even, like, he gets so mad. Don't watch any dramatized doctor shows with him. It's not fun. <laughs> He was uh, he was like, really talking what?
1: positively about Dr. Phil the last time we spoke with him. D-
2: Chris, <laughs> you are spinning tails over there. Yeah, spinning he, tails.
3: Spin doctor, speaking of that. But I think what you were alluding to, or maybe what we are talking about with how Fox always kind of had an agenda. It was a right side news media, Ted Turner. We, we all know this, but um, I wonder if the downfall of both sides because it all became about ratings and so if fox was getting the ratings doing the sensationalized stories and things like that then it's kind of like cnn m- met them at their level with some of the the ways that they do the reporting and stuff as well to where now it's hard to, to trust either source because they've both lost the integrity because of the sensationalism. And because it's, like you said, it's more about the celebrity in the report or, or about catering. It's the same problem that I have with religious organizations that need to cater to their congregation. It's, you have an audience. And so you want to give news that the audience is going to want to hear. And it's it's unfortunate, but that that's kind of I think where we're at in 2021. I don't know. Would you agree, T- Todd?
5: Oh, okay, I do want to correct something. I think you you keep you said Ted Turner. Ted Turner's CNN, not necessarily. Oh, okay. He's not Fox. All right. Um, so what's the
1: uh, Fox guys name?
5: Aren't I'm they all aware.
1: owned by Viacom though?
5: Oh yeah, like <laughs> for the most part, yeah
1: yeah All right. Well, <laughs> what thanks for the fat
3: check I, I i uh will accept it yes see, see <laughs> no, it my bad
5: no no, no problem i uh, i would say yeah i would say rating plays a lot of, you know uh, what you cover um maybe sometimes how you cover it, but again you know, you know I'm talking from the outside because I was a print guy um, um you know and these are human beings is of human beings who who, who uh, cover these stories. So again, we go into you know, our stories with our own biases at times that we have to try to keep in check, um, with our own history, how we look at things. And so at times you have to be honest with yourself, can you cover this fairly um, as a journalist? And, and you know, at times you can't, you know? And those are the times where you wanna say, hey, maybe don't put me on this story. Um, you know, and, and again, there's, there's, there's. I think I talked about this before. There's a lot of, um, um, there's other things. It's never nothing's 100% pure. I think most journalists, and I would say most journalists want the story. They don't care who the story's about. It really is it a good story? Um, yeah. You know, I think most journalists, most journalists. Again, from my perspective, um, they want to be viewed as as people with integrity in their work. Um, because again, once you you lose your integrity, uh, you know there's a problem. You know there's a problem if, if people can't believe you. And So I, I, think I know most- that I know that
3: used to be true, Todd. But do you think that that's still true this day and age? Do you think, or do you uh, think that I, like m- money and ratings have ruled out integrity?
5: I, I think that when when journalists do things, um, for the most part, at regular uh, outlets, when they do things wrong, they have to fess up. They get called out, you know. Brian Williams, you know, for the most, you know, he, he wasn't even covering. He wasn't even covering a news story. His his football was just a general story. He was talking about himself, and it was false. Uh, mm-hmm. And he got he got, you know, he, he got. Uh, he took a hit, and he should have because again, it put in everything, uh, questioned his integrity and in everything else that he did. With Dan Rather, you know, uh, who I respect. You know, and when he when he did something foul with the, the Bush thing that, that, you know, he got in trouble for it. So I think that's the difference. You know, um, um, that's where, you know, some real journalism outlet, out, out because if, if folks get on here and do things that, that they shouldn't do, if they lie or they mislead, um, they're going to get called to the carpet as they should.
1: Yeah. And I think you see that more often with like local news or or small town news or whatever. Certainly, in periodicals or you know print, uh, you're going to see a lot more uh, integrity in uh, the editing and the reviewing to make sure that the sources are there and that the you know facts are there. I don't think you have as big a problem with with that kind of uh, news as you do with. Uh, you know, CNN type stuff or Fox or whatever, uh, where it really is still, uh, still trying to drive home that CNN <laughs> thing. I, well, I, I honestly equate them to, to, with each other. And, and just real quick, as an aside, uh, I gonna... would say what? I mean, you're,
3: you're not going to sway even a little bit no with the bit.
1: <laughs> absolutely not and just real quick as an aside i would say if you are looking for news that is not swayed <clears throat> way far one way or the other there's a really great program called rising from the hill uh where there's a democrat and there's a republican they get together they write the news together and they fact check each other and they hold each other accountable and it's really really well done and i would highly recommend it it's 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 a uh, you can go to uh the hill.com and find it there it's great uh anyone who's looking for a you know a news source where they're going to check each other and make sure that their stories um are credible uh and, and and unfortunately people are starting to turn to smaller news like that because they can't trust they're finding that they can't trust the sensationalism of uh mainstream media anyway that's my soapbox what
3: todd <laughs> it's a nice and i can actually see you better when you're on it so I, I liked your soapbox. So. <laughs> That's a short. That's short. That <laughs> so, uh, Todd, uh, so eleven years in journalism. Uh, which paper did you work for, and what were you doing for them?
5: Well, I, I worked at uh, several newspapers. So I started out at the New Pittsburgh Courier, which was a uh, it's a it's a historical African um, American newspaper. Um, really, at, at its height, I think in the 30s and 40s, I think it had like maybe 400,000 circulation, and you know it was it was known for its its advocacy um, for uh, um, civil rights and, and um, equality. I think um, the Courier had the Double V campaign during during World War II, I believe, where uh, victory at home and victory um, abroad uh, with regards to um, freedom. Uh, so so yeah, I, I worked. So I started there, and then later on, I, I went to the Daily News in the Keysport, a small newspaper. Um, then later, I ended up working for the Pittsburgh Business Times, which was kind of cool. I got to cover mm. professional sports as a business. Um, huh. Then did I you went the any
3: any of your heroes, or I shouldn't say heroes, well, I, any I, any I got, sports well, actually, icons. I whenever you, I, I,
5: well actually I did. I you know, I, I end up. Um, um, I interviewed Dwight White, who was one of the famed defensive player for the Stillers during the 70s. And then, um, yep. um, Stillers, I ended up, yeah, oh, the he Steelers says it right. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah, <he did>. yeah. <laughs> then, I interviewed her. Dan Rooney. Oh, I wow, wow. The wow. To my, yeah. oh, oh, well, I tell the story to my students that you have to always be prepared, you never know what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, the, um, my newspaper was, I think it was it was a weekly newspaper. So sometimes we would have we would have long-term projects. And so uh, the story I was working on with him was going to be a, a long-term project. Like I had like a, a couple months to complete it or whatever. So I was calling just to set up an interview with him. Um, you know, hey, you know, i want to set this up. And so when I called, um, the secretary said, wait a minute, he got on the phone. I was not prepared at all. I'm like, oh, my Lord. And so I said, I, I was not expecting to talk to you. Uh can we set this up another time? And he was he was really nice. He was gracious. But uh-huh. I remember from there, I said, you know what? Anytime I call someone, be ready. So I, I always teach you to tell <laughs> my students that all my faux pas, everything I've done wrong in journalism, it's a lesson for them.
3: <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you should have taught us that before our last episode. We, we might have learned something. <laughs> you like need to take your
4: classes. <laughs>
3: yes, that's, <laughs> a, that's my problem. <laughs> um, that was uh, wow. That was that was pretty impressive. I, I don't even know if you were finished listing off some of the papers you're working for. That was a pretty impressive recipe. Some of the things you were saying, though, um, my mind was. I was really curious so like you said the, the double v campaign victory for home and victory abroad like what what is was that uh for like afrocentric type stuff or what type of victory were you looking at or I was victory thinking double v, was so this
5: <laughs> was so this was you know <laughs> the two v's something like that no but it was <laughs> yeah it was like that it was during it was during world war ii and so again um, you know, African American soldiers were going, you know, going abroad to fight, and um, and so the campaign was like, you know what, they we you know we need to fight here as well, we need a victory here, um, uh, for our rights.
3: Uh, yeah. yeah, fucking
5: Buffalo soldier, Buffalo soldier,
3: yeah, fucking badass jackets. <laughs> I think, I think that's the one that, that, that I think that's the most interesting thing uh, not most interesting one of the more interesting thing about uh black culture or african-american culture is just how much like we've always influenced uh style and art and like how people have always been like and it can and it's always come through like struggle you know i had like these black soldiers freezing to death out on the front lines being like scouts and so they're killing buffalo and making these jackets, and then when they, when all the white soldiers see them, they're like, "Oh, those look cool. I want some too." And so the, that I wasn't like, World War II, Wars. though, was it? No, I think it was before that. But.
2: Civil
3: War. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> buffalo soldiers, <laughs>
5: Civil, pro- yeah. uh, yeah, Civil, Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. After hey, yeah. the Civil War, or the Mexican? After the Civil War, yeah. After Buffalo still, soldiers, still a I cool story they, though. <laughs> well, it is a cool story. Well, I think they, they the Buffalo Soldiers, I think part of the story is that the campaign against Native Americans at that time, they were a big part yeah. of that, uh, which is not a great part of the story, but but yeah, and, and really, I think the Native Americans are kind of term that coined that phrase, Buffalo Soldiers, because um, yeah. they were first uh, fierce fighters and all that, yeah. but yeah, it was, really, they were there to kind of eradicate, move uh, Native Americans. Um, I think... 1870s 1880s
2: Trail of Tears era Mm. is that right can you tell us I'm gonna change this subject a little bit but can we talk about the uh, you you got awarded awarded for some of your investigative journaling can you tell us what, about- as soon
1: as it uh, goes to race the white person has to change the subject she, she's getting right, uncomfortable right. you know, we're talking about <laughs> no, okay. you know we're
2: jumping all over history and, and, and clearly showing how we don't study history very well because we can't get straight what we're talking well, about Well, we have but we have I-
3: a professor here to to correct us so <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah. All right.
5: I'm not don't put that on me, man. I'll this <laughs> guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's a current event.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll do my
5: best. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a journalist. Yeah. I'm a newsman. What are you talking about?
2: But <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know a little bit more about your investigative piece that you uh won awards for. Well, I, I you won more than one, but um tell us a little bit about those.
5: Well I well let me say this. <laughs> I, again I got lucky. Um uh, I, I, the first <laughs> award that I won was was for, um, I wrote a piece, well, that's the business time. I wrote, at the business time, I wrote a piece about jitneys, which, you know, we call them Uber now, but <laughs> back in the day, you know, they were called jitneys, and so for a lot of black neighborhoods, um, jitneys weren't, jitneys, taxis weren't going to those neighborhoods. They couldn't get folks to come get them and, and get them where they need to go, so jitneys have been around um kind of like an informal taxi. And, and so I, I, you know, I did a story on it. It was I, I was surprised that at this stuffy kind of white establishment that, that they would go for for this story. Yeah, and, a business and they paper. did. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and it's a business paper and 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 you know the editors said go for it. And um, um you know it was it was I got lucky. It was just a it was a fun story. Got uh, to go out, got to go to the hood and hang out and, and talk to folks, and um, you know, uh, won my first award at a business newspaper. So it was, was kind of cool. What year was this? It's awesome. That was like '96, maybe. I was I was a young pup then. It blows my mind
1: yeah. that you're yeah, telling me that also- even in the '90s that you still have taxis not going to black neighborhoods.
5: Oh uh, oh oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that were going on in the 90s. It was uh, when I was at the Courier, and, uh, you know, I was, I was writing a piece about um, housing. Uh, there was a story in the ACP. It was a company, a real estate company. They were not uh, renting to Black folks, you know, and, and they were redirecting them. And they had, like, a playbook uh, of words that, that they thought that sounded Black. And if you heard these type of words, then you would know it's a Black person who's trying to uh, Good you know,
4: get grief. help. Good
5: it it really was it was like four or five white employees who kind of blew the, the story and, and that's how we found that out. So did they, they have had like had a, a
3: base meter? So like if you had a certain amount of bass in your voice that you couldn't <laughs> get, they- get approved, you're <laughs> like you're like, you need to talk a little bit white more white on this. Speaking of that, <laughs> okay. that that's a that's a throwback to uh, Coming to America too. Coming to America. Use, yeah. Don't, don't, don't use your white voice. Don't use your white voice. <laughs> the kids
2: asked me about that. They didn't understand that. I'm like, I oh, don't God. know if I need da- to explain it to you.
3: <laughs> your daddy always uses white voice. Just tell her that. <laughs> Just tell him that.
5: It was the wildest thing. It was the wildest thing this was in the 90s. And they were discriminating against, you know, where people could live. This was in the 90s and they got caught. So yeah.
2: I'm glad they did. Good Lord. Yeah, Yeah.
3: You hear stories like that, like honestly, far too often. And it it, it pisses me off and it more pisses me off because we still have people that will deny that systematic racism exists or that these companies have systemic or systematic, both that they both exist. And that you have these companies that are purposely trying to, single out low income or or black or families and then it ends up just keeping them down and keeping the whole yeah. s- system like to like where you have no other options besides crime or different ways of trying to like you know or that's where you you get into like where you get a lot of creativity and stuff that can happen from that too um from which is which is awesome that's happened you know from whether it be brooklyn all the stuff that's come fr- from New York through the art of just, you know, like these poor communities, African communities that band together and are finding like I I got my, you know, era wrong with the whole Buffalo Soldier thing, but um, you know, just with talking about, and I'm getting the era wrong too. Obviously, we're we're talking about the nineties, but um I'm just just fascinated how um yes, oppression still happens and and it's horrible, but but just mm-hmm. still how resilient um, the Black community is and and still influential in and, and having all this stuff stacked up against us, right? Stacked up against mm-hmm. us. So it's,
5: yeah. yeah, find a way to survive, you know? And, and not just to survive, but to thrive in the thrive, environment yeah. that you're in, you know? For sure. Uh, it's, it's amazing.
1: Okay. So whenever we look at the synopsis, of the souls of clay hatchie we see that uh it's about black issues uh in the south i believe uh and so can we talk a little bit about the book uh that you have coming out soon
5: Oh, yeah, maybe tell absolutely. us a little bit about it so yeah so it's it's really um um a, a spotter reporter <laughs> not me but right what you reporter. know right what you know and um and it's <laughs> He, that's right, right, you know And his his mother um he makes his a name is
3: to Tommy, me. not Todd. Wants
5: to be buried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let Dr. Todd die. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Dr. Tommy. I mean Todd.
5: <laughs> but uh you throw me off, man. But uh Sorry. but yeah, so his mother <laughs> it's an odd request, she wants to be buried in the south of her hometown. And they haven't been there. She hasn't been there for decades, you know. And um but he does because he loves his mother. He he decides after the homecoming, she has him to take take her down south. And when he goes there, he, you know, he, he starts to uncover some things. And he starts to find out really the reason behind her request. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice because you're looking at, you know, you're looking at northern versus southern. He had ideas about the south. Um had yeah, ideas about racial issues in the South, and so he's confronting some of those things. Uh, we talk about a little bit about the tension even within a family of, of someone who's born in the South as opposed to someone who's born in the North, you know, uh, and how you see the world. You know, um, I, I tell that, like my mother, um, and back to real life, my mother she was she was born in the South, uh, and she um, uh, she talked to me about. Drinking from segregated water fountains. This mm-hmm. is my mother, and it just it trips me out. And so yeah. again, he, so the character, and he knows these stories because he's told these stories. And so you know, he has again, he goes there with a chip on his shoulder, um, waiting to see some things, and um, and some things uh, kind of fall the way he does, the way he expects, and some things don't. I'll um, be surprised.
3: So, so it
2: sounds. Is... Go ahead, babe sorry, lag so this is a, a mystery or is it just a novel
1: or a mystery novel well
5: i would mm-hmm. say it's, it's a mystery now i'm not you know and i didn't plan See, to that's what i was going to
3: ask but i was going to ask it way better and it was going to take me five <laughs> minutes to ask it
5: it's <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah, I was, yeah it's absolutely a mystery because you know some things are going on and you're going to say we're all trying to figure it out what's what's happening here but, the, the protagonist is trying to figure some things out and as, as we're going through the readers are trying to as well uh, so yes absolutely it's a mystery
2: so is that a genre that you're familiar with like y- you like to read mystery uh books or did, it, did you just start writing and think when you started writing did you want this to Killer. be a mystery
4: <laughs> shut up
5: um, no. um or, <laughs> <No>. okay <laughs>
3: Do you have any recommended reading for our well, listeners? Well,
5: well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, well, That's another well, question. Eric Jerome Dickey. Well, uh, Eric Jerome Dickey is kind of the reason why I started writing this book. I think I said I read um, 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 "Coffee uh, Milk in My Coffee," and I thought it was so funny when I was awake, when I was when I was um, deployed. We had a lot of time, so there was a lot of downtime when you're, when you're uh, uh, when you're in a combat zone, you know. It's not always bullets or things flying over your head or whatever, so there's, there's downtime. And so I was reading a lot, and I read uh, uh, Milk in My Coffee by uh, Eric Jerome Dickey, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was funny, and I'm thinking, man, i could I I want to write something like this. I think I can write something like this. And so I, I started I pull out my, my laptop, and I started writing. Uh, now I don't know if it's as funny as his, uh, I hope, but... So I wasn't planning on writing a, uh, a mystery. I, I didn't think I could write a mystery, uh, like, and, and I don't read a lot of mystery books. However, I, I read. I was pulling out the book Walter Mosley. I like his his books, his mystery books, but but that's about the only type of mystery I, I read.
2: That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I I love me some mystery books. So I, there's, I Our favorite I is Percy haven't... Jackson. No, it's not my. Um, I always have an Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie,
3: yeah, there it is.
2: Yep. She's my favorite, but um, but yeah, there's several others that I've been working on too. But mm-hmm.
3: well, I like so, it. but the mystery side has know. to come probably from being just a investigative reporter. Um, and I know I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, um, or not, but I, I read it in your bio about you know you worked as a beat reporter for a while, too. Um, and so do you think that like you you're Interest in writing mystery comes from some of that, just um, your natural curiosity as a reporter.
5: I'm sorry,
3: you I missed that last. I'm sorry, I'm
5: sorry um, I, I missed that last bit. You kind of laughed.
3: Do you think that uh, your interest in writing uh, this mystery novel uh, comes from your just Personality or your history in um re- being a reporter, basically, you know, and you know, like the the mystery of of that, because you were a beat reporter, which be- I think means that you got to do ride-alongs and stuff with cops, and um and a lot of like being a reporter, you're you're always trying to get behind the story, you know. There's always there's always a mystery aspect to it, so I'm wondering is if if that's why it bleeds into whenever you get a chance to write a novel, you went full into, um, you know, that whole mystery side of things. You never go full mystery. Oh
5: well, yeah. <laughs> no, you don't I, go full think, retard. Well, I think what, yeah, I think what you're, you're trying, and I hadn't really thought about this, but I think what you're saying, yeah, as a reporter, you are you're trying to gather information, and you're trying to you're yeah. trying to find information and 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 get to the bottom of whatever is going on, uh, whatever you see, you know. Uh, Why is something like this? Why is this occurring? And so maybe I did. uh, Maybe um, uh, subconsciously. You can't
3: take face. You can't take anything at face value. Yeah. Oh, Oh,
5: always asking, always asking, particularly of uh, officials. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it is the establishment. You know, not not trusting the establishment.
5: Right. Right. Uh, But I will tell you, with this book. I think i started with it was it was the characters i think roy the characters kind of took me along the journey you know
3: so which That's are your, interesting which are, Talk your, about- which are your family members did you want to stick it to the most in in the book <laughs>
5: <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble man but is that right now, I'm, no, I'm already. I'm ready don't to don't answer. Don't answer that. Don't answer no,
3: that. It's okay. Yeah, 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 don't yeah.
5: No comment.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: read read it and find out. You'll you figure
5: it out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so um, you, develop, I, it's, you know, again, good. I'm
2: sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I wanted I to learn. Say, I mean, wanted to learn more about your process. Well,
5: my process was just to write. You know. um You know, and and I would say I would set a goal of like, I'm going to try to write maybe 10 pages a day or three pages or a goal of time. I'm going to write for an hour or whatever. So it was just the process of just getting there and and writing. And at some point, the story starts to take over itself. At some point, you start getting familiar with the the characters, the the people you have, and you know what they're going to say or you get a feel for them. Um, and then at some point the story just takes over again, you know, mm-hmm. somewhat, because it's still it's still a mystery to you. You're wondering like, okay, how's this going to? Where's this going? How's this going in? end? Uh, and, and it's a fun process. Do you think,
3: think
4: you'll you're, do you it again? Near the
5: end, like, oh that's my
3: gosh, that's, that's the finish? question. Do you think do you think the next <laughs> the next book is gonna be uh, like it in line with the series, the same type of fill, or are you gonna you know switch up altogether? What do you think?
1: It'll be the whole well, of of Waxahachie.
3: Did you get the mystery I, out of you? Is the story over, or does your character well, uh, me, maybe have another story I, in them? I
5: like, I like, I like different. I have a couple of stories that are completely different, but okay. I like the characters. Uh, I think people can relate to the characters. Uh, and I might like to see the characters in another setting for something else. Um you know there's a character he's there with uh, his cousin who's a funny he's a fun guy, you know he's just a wild dude, and I can just see them too just have him at least another book at least another book another story
3: getting into some trouble, yeah,
5: <laughs> getting in a little trouble,
1: like a prequel or something That's awesome. ooh a prequel oh
5: yeah oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I mean and, and honestly it's just the story that i you know i was thinking about when i even when i started writing the story i was just thinking about the, the you know the black migration from the south to the north and so there's a lot of stories there yeah um, mm. different periods you can talk about the integration yeah how it affects you know even two generations removed so there's a whole lot of things you can play with that you know that whole migration
2: you know yeah
3: and there's That's different ways of telling your story too, Todd. Um, I mentioned, to think the first time we recorded, you know, uh, I personally, my favorite genre of podcast to listen to is true crime, you know, and, um, if you like to write mystery, um, you know, you could do something even like a weekly bi-weekly where you write a story, um, use your, use those characters, you know, in some sort of true crime podcast where you're kind of just, um, you know it's a would it be a fiction sort of a thing um or um i like the idea um of maybe even doing a true crime podcast where it's not fiction where you're actually doing some using your investigative reporting skills and all of the years of experience and and look and uh black history and, and black culture experience and looking into some of the black true crime stuff that has either uh gone unsolved or you know it's forgotten about. I know we were talking about the Atlanta boy uh killings, um, you know, which I think would be a great uh just podcast in itself if you just did a series on that. Um I would be thoroughly interested in hearing what you have to say. I think you're a lot of fun. And um and you're and uh I'm not a big reader. Elizabeth uh might be able to read your book to me um later (laughs) once it it comes out
5: and uh, i'll be buying it i'm I'm impressed by her reading uh, skills my gosh (laughs) you put us all to shame but uh
1: (laughs) yeah if you'll make an audio book omar will definitely listen to it Especially yeah. if you Listen read it, it, if it's your voice reading it. Yeah. Or
3: we can just set up like you you. Zoom calls and you can read a chapter to me at night before we go to bed. <laughs> Bedtime w- w- stories. Wab- wab- bond in that way. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Shit. But, but Omar, we, can I say something, man? That, that, we, we, you
3: say whatever you want.
5: <laughs> well, thank you. Well, no, when you were talking about true crimes, which is funny, and my mother, I'm talking about my biological mother, she was really into that. I mean, she she would have those magazines, those old magazines or whatever, and and I would I was into it too. I would I would read them and you know reading about Al Capone and you know and I think like I'm like eleven or ten reading about the massacre, Valentine's massacre and all that stuff. So that's and helping. I'm actually yeah. into those types of things now as well, like on on TV. Yeah, yeah. so hey, yeah, we're, we're we're there, my man. Yeah,
3: there's some there's some good ones. In fact, uh, after recording, we can maybe like I can give you some. Uh, suggestions I've been I found some really good uh, documentaries that, that you'd be into
1: it's um, interesting that you talk about Jonestown because we actually uh, recently did an episode with uh, a cult expert Rick Allen Ross where we talked all about like uh, different cults and whatnot we actually a couple of episodes with them uh, so uh, yeah we we didn't talk about Jonestown exclusively but it did come up
3: Did you yeah, say that Jonestown that or Al
1: Capone? I, it, well,
3: he I, said I,
5: Al Capone, but I thought I, I heard him say Jonestown. I, yeah, I was Al Capone, but we can go to Jonestown.
1: I thought you said Jonestown. My <laughs> bad.
5: There's a lot of folks drinking the Kool-Aid now, so,
3: you know. <laughs> yeah, this is true, but it's, it's, it's Trump flavored <laughs> now, though.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. So, it's orange. Not
1: not I don't want a Trump flavored anything.
2: Hang
5: on, hang
1: on, hang on. Go back. It's orange. All right, so. Tastes like Stormy Daniels.
2: last time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I apologize on behalf of my (laughs) crude friends.
0: um,
3: Oh, we're friends. last
2: Last time you were on, um, I had asked you, uh, what you were reading, if you had any book recommendations and you had told me whatever makes you stronger, makes you whatever doesn't kill you, makes you blacker. Um, I have ordered the book. It's actually sitting downstairs in my pile of books to read. And I haven't quite gotten in there yet, but um, do you have any other book suggestions or books that you're reading right now that you like absolutely should tell us about? <laughs>
3: the Souls of Clay Hatchie. Yep. <laughs>
2: okay. Yes, that's on my list. The
3: Souls Clay Hatchie. A-
5: absolutely. <laughs> um, Colson Whitehead, Underground, if you haven't read that, that's pretty good. Um, James McBride, The Good Little Bird, uh, it's great, you know. It's, it's funny. It has a historical reference, John um, Brown. Um, so it's great. Um, and then I'm planning on reading. I have some books that I haven't read yet. Like I got to read something that's kind of not fiction and something that's gonna help my mental state. Um, I'm looking at Eddie Glaude's begin again, James Baldwin's America, and the urgent lessons for for our own. And um, then I want to re- read um, James McBride again, um, Deacon King Kong. So when I All get right. a chance, it's just it's been crazy. But but I have my list, and and um, and I got you know a bunch of Noble, um, a bunch of Barnes and Noble book um, um, gift cards that I'm ready to just burn a hole in my my pocket. I want to buy, yeah. but but I'm trying to be disciplined because right now I still have books I need to read before I add more books to my collection. So.
2: Yeah, I get that. I do not have that discipline. I just see them and buy them, and they sit on my shelf. So that's <laughs> the current status of you get around to read them.
3: <laughs> there was like a whole I mean, eight to ten hour day the other day of rearranging our kitchen area so bookshelves would have more room to store more books.
2: <laughs> there was. We we it it. I use the excuse of we are a homeschool family, so I'm not throwing out some of these historical fiction books. <laughs>
5: But well, we go. have to make there more go. rooms. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I honestly, I, I love books. Because I was thinking, oh, you know what? I can save some room. I could do electronic books, which, you know, yeah. they're cool. You know, they, you know, they have their place. You can read them at night in the dark. So that's really cool. But I love books. <laughs> I love looking at yep. books. I love filling books. I love flipping through books. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that one for sure. I, I do the audio book thing really pretty well because I'm an audio... Audio, audio learner i learn really well by hearing Nerd things alert. so so yeah i just throw on my little uh library app i have a library app, libby uh, and mm-hmm. get my audio books through there um, if you guys start but,
3: bonding through harry potter next i'm
2: gonna throw up so, harry potter's amazing and it i'm ha- amazing. introducing it to my kids and <laughs> about to kill us all <laughs>
1: speaking of fiction books i just sent elizabeth a bunch of fiction books
2: <laughs> they weren't fiction books. <laughs> they weren't fiction books, but I did get them a Sorry, lot of Christian, Christian self-help, self-help
3: books. <laughs> 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 Some people might say I it's fiction. Speaking, speaking of Christian, <laughs> well, that's uh, for our listener out there who, you know, has faith <laughs> questions and struggles and things like that. Um, is there any sort of aspect for your character um, or or yourself? Um you know in in this book that they can expect is there any being in the south we know in in the black south um that faith runs strong in the area still um so is there is there an aspect of your book that tackles any of that
5: yeah yeah faith plays a part in the background somewhat um but we know that the main character, his mother was was a faithful Christian woman, you know, really uh, deep in the church, and, and and so he's not so much. Again, he's he's he's, he's educated, so he doesn't, you know. Um, he spent he, he spent eleven years as a reporter out in. Pittsburgh <laughs> so, <laughs> no.
3: so no. he's seen he's seen a lot and he's been he's been to war he, so yeah. Still, yeah so he's a little bit more right. rigid yeah. Gosh,
5: but I get attention you know again with, but faith is there you see he goes to his aunt's house his aunt D who's really her faith is on her sleeve but it's different um, she's kind of wild and she's fun and, and all that but it's, it's His mother, I think, kept him grounded in that. Um, He kind of departed from that. And I think as he goes through his journey, he kind of looks back at it somewhat, too. So I think faith plays a part of it. It's not in your face. um, But I think it's in the background.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's about all the time we have uh, this time, uh, Todd. And I really appreciate you carving out another hour to spend with us. Um, Anything else? Yeah, sorry about the last one. Any, any final thoughts uh, for our listeners, any way people maybe follow you on social media, anything else you got going on other than obviously come uh, May 4th, May the 4th be with you, please go get the Sosa actually not an autobiography of Dr. Kyle's <laughs> life. Wink wink, <laughs> not an uh, autobot. But,
4: but no, you know, um, be so, in trouble, man. yeah.
5: <laughs> I love uh, you, man.
3: I uh, just t- 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 yeah, I tell your family I'm I'm j- joking. I mean, I that's <laughs> honestly that's what you you embellish stuff. You have a lot of fun, but it sounds it sounds like that's those are the best stories anyway. And I appreciate your honesty, you're a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy to support you, happy to get the word out. Um, anything else that you want our listener to know before we wrap this puppy?
5: Well, thank you for having me, again. I, I enjoyed this, and I, I enjoyed myself. I can't believe it's over already. What? It went pretty quickly. Um, yeah. It's you know the book. You can get it on Amazon. You can pre-order on Amazon. Um, you can also go to Hit and Shell Publishing. Um, um, you can go to their website, and um, you can um, get any information about that book and that, other books that are offered by that by the company, publishing company as well. So, you know, get the book. Enjoy. You know, hopefully get the book and enjoy it. I think it's a, it's a good read. But,
1: Where can they buy the any... T-shirt?
2: Yeah. The, the Dr. Todd it,
3: Carlisle T-shirt. Oh, t- and, and, when, and when can they expect, <laughs> when can we expect the True Crown podcast? When's that coming out? Oh, gosh. What's, what's, the, what's oh, the link to that?
5: You and I are going to have to talk about, we're going to have to talk about yeah, We can that ooh, figure it out. We can talk about that. Right. Yeah.
3: Get them actually, the whoa, actually. That actually might be the thing that we are talking about. Chris. Okay, boys. Like, okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Social media outlets that, that we, people can follow We can might
2: follow make that happen, on. Todd. Wait, oh, hang, hang on a more. Social media outlets uh, I, that people can follow you on?
5: I am on Facebook and I am on, on, on Instagram and they can find me under my name. What's your parlor
1: handle? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you asked him that last time. <laughs> Old news, dad joke. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: all right and Anyways, A- this is Anderson Cooper signing off <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh the souls of Clay Hatchie May the 4th all right thank you uh thank you Dr. Todd man hey, and
5: Chris okay. good, god bless you man good luck with your,
1: your master's hey? <laughs> well, I, one, yeah, yeah it's my first master's but thank you oh yeah seth was the one with two masters sorry sorry seth (laughs) i didn't didn't mean to suck you there (laughs) yeah i appreciate that actually it's a it's a master's in history and i wanted to jump in there on the uh the buffalo soldiers but uh i dr carlisle got it right so it worked out (laughs) Uh, i think elizabeth corrected me on that one. Real life. I got I got I, I got a few things
3: wrong today, but it's okay. <laughs> at, at least we corrected it in real time. I I hate I hate when I go back and edit it and realize it then and nothing was ever said and then i'm like because now chris I put- and
2: i are laughing with he laughing at you but yeah. to each other
3: and, and i'm like now i get now i gotta put this out there and you know people are gonna be like super frustrated because you know they're like screaming that's not when!" like this,
1: this idiot how high is he did you know, anybody uh, but- else notice whenever omar called uh todd dr kyle
4: yes
3: <laughs> no
1: i, oh, I
4: no, missed no. that
3: Ugh no no when, when did that happen are you talking about when i was talking about his his book and talking about the the character in his book
1: I don't remember. I just remember hearing <laughs> Dr. Kyle.
3: Because no. I, I, was, I, was, I was fucking with Todd because I was like trying to act like, you know, it was him, but not him, you know, that he changed the name ever so slightly.
1: No, that was Dr. You said Dr. Tommy on that. Tommy. One. Yeah. 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 OK. OK. No. So I actually called him Kyle and some other instead um, of Carlisle. Man. You said Kyle, I think. <laughs> it'll be funny uh, a little easter egg for
5: someone it would over my hand yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, you don't sound like a kyle that's for sure <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh my god
3: all right man well uh enjoy the rest of your weekend thanks for doing this again um I'm ready to uh, go ahead and stop this to to see where the audio
0: goes. This is, <laughs> this is where <laughs> this is the moment of truth. <laughs>